healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next one. Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses the Podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and uh, I am sad to report that the basement is flooded once again. It's starting to become sort of a joke, but you know, global warming is real, folks, and and right now, what we're seeing in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, is uh, intensified storms, intensified rains. All that produces more moisture in the ground. And all that moisture seems to think it's it's found a home in our basement. Uh, it wasn't that bad this time. It wasn't as bad as in May. And certainly wasn't as bad as last year. Um, but it is, um, it's always disheartening. That's why we're, we're uh, relocating soon. I'll tell you more about that in a few episodes. But, but uh, regardless... Um, it actually plays quite nicely into what we're going to be talking about today, who we're going to be talking with. My good friend PJ Sykes, I love this man like family. He is um, an amazing photographer. He is a amazing uh, musician, amazing label head, amazing political activist. Uh, he is the real deal. There's a reason uh, someone like Chad Clark picked him uh, out of a whole host of photographers to be one of the people to document uh, their Beauty Pill album describes things as they are. Um, he's a remarkable human and, and I feel often lucky, uh, to know him. And this thing that you're going to hear, we actually did twice. And the first time we did it, uh, was back around the time that the, uh, that the basement flooded in May and that we shut down for a little while. Um, because at that time we, we tried out some internet, uh, tomfoolery to, to get it done and it just fucked up the episode and it was just like icing on the cake. I was like, oh, your shit's destroyed again. Um, this is this is taking too much out of you. And and this last thing, this sort of gem of a conversation, um, is also destroyed. Um, and and you know that that was the last straw. Uh, but then in talking about it with him since, it was very much a uh, clear that that was simply um, the end of a chapter, the closing of, of this that part of what we were doing. Um, so we. Uh, picked back up, and uh, he he also picked back up, and uh, and and we did it twice. And what you're going to hear today is is the second time we've talked through this, and it's a conversation about um, how he started out as a musician and and just a uh, a general fan of the arts, what he did with it with his uh, Cherub Records and music bands that he played in, bands that he supported, and uh, pretty much everything um, in between. It's a great conversation. I, I wish, honestly, if I could just have uh, a PJ Sex podcast, you just talk to him every week. I think you guys would all benefit. Um, uh, because, like I said, uh, the dude's amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't say that enough, so let's just get to the conversation. Here we go. This is uh, me sitting down over the internets with my uh, my good friend PJ Sykes. Uh, talking about everything PJ Sykes. Chair Records, Hoax Hunters, the whole spiel. Let's... Uh, Let's check in, and, and, uh, and I'll talk to you on the flip side. It's not dead. It's on hiatus. Okay. Got to get your, got you, so gotta gotta get your chair hit. terms right there. I, I mean, you're right. 
I uh, I think it's important to use proper terminology when conducting music. Stay on message. Less less people get like confused about shit. But um, yeah. I mean, if people are just tuning in, uh, there's no active (laughs) people on Cherub (laughs) except for me, and I don't have anything new out. So politics. Hey. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Uh no, no. We we can get rolling on this. PJ, thank you for taking the time to do this again. Yeah. Again, what people don't know, and I'll fill them in real quick here, is that we did this uh I transcribed it. So we're doing a verbatim conversation. No, we're not we're not doing that. Um we did this before and I was trying out some new technology and it just it just fucked up. And um you tried to work the file, and thank you for that. And then I tried; it, it just it just sucked. Uh, I'm saying don't use ZenCaster, but um, but uh, it did that, and then there was this whole like cascading series of events, you know, with my basement flooding, and and you were sort of bringing your band Hoax Hunters uh, to a pause, and um, and it shut it shut my shit down basically. It was just like, hey, okay, this is this is a sign, um, and so that's what we did. Uh, I felt bad, so I apologize to you for that never going out there, and that's why we're doing it. Again. Well, thanks for having me again. Yeah, uh, but uh, that it didn't stay permanent. Just like I don't think Hoax Hunters is going to be permanent, though. For people who don't know, you are the man behind the band Hoax Hunters, which just played their last show for a good while in. Philadelphia, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's just outside of Philadelphia in a town called Swarthmore. But if you're familiar with Pennsylvania, yeah. everything's kind of broken up quite a bit. So Philadelphia, you know, is is basically it's 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 just next door to it. So so besides that, besides being uh, one of the raddest dudes I know, besides being a political activist, you also run that record label, which just turned how old is it? Uh, now? it seven, sixteen, seventeen years old. Seven, six, just celebrate a little anniversary. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that to celebrate Chair Records. It was actually the first sticker on our desk. Oh, down here. Um, so it's sitting right beside Barack Obama and Phil Cook sticker. Well, I'm glad they um, could make uh, yeah. some company. Yeah, yeah. So way back when uh, you're making music in Lynchburg, Virginia, you are uh, a, a young kid. I presume had more hair. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and then uh, something hit you and said start a label. How does that go? So uh, I think this is a pretty common story for a lot of people. Of that, uh, I, I kind of straddle the uh, analog digital uh, world. So uh, the very tail end of the of the analog world, uh, you, you you sort of. It was still pretty di- pretty much DIY, and I, this is a very similar story to a lot of people. So, um, no one really going to put your record out, and um, you kind of it's weird to like call a magazine or a newspaper or, or or venue or something and be like, "Hey, talk about my band or book my band." I'm in the I'm the guy, you know. It just seems weird. So a lot of times you just kind of slap a label on the back of something and kind of it's it's almost a joke. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm signed, so therefore I'm more valuable and more legit, maybe, uh, than somebody just submitting a three-song demo or something. But also, you could be a guy from right. a label calling, hey, I got this band that uh, is putting out a new record. Would you write about them? Let me send you some stuff. And they they can know or not know that you're in that band, but it also just 
it makes it it makes it just a little more a little more legit. So a lot of people right, did that, right. and um, it, Cherub has evolved quite a bit since the very start of that. So I kind of started it because I was on a friend's label of the same kind of um, making uh, called Batty Records, B A T T Y. And okay. uh, he didn't really want to do it as much anymore, and I kind of wanted to put out this weird it, kids techno thing just for fun and, and shits and giggles. Uh, so I just slapped a name on the back of the, the CD thing I was making, and um, that was that. I didn't really think about it too hard, and, and then um, it kind of stuck around. Nice, nice. So uh, you mentioned kids techno. Yeah. What's up with that? So it's this weird uh, project that's been, it's the longest, it's actually been going on since 1996 or so, so before mm-hmm. the label, uh, and it's just this weird, you know, project that puts out novelty songs or serious songs or whatever, and um, the the word techno kind of gets in the way of, 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 it doesn't really sound like techno music, <laughs> you know? No, no, um, no, no, no. It, it started because it was mostly sampling kids, like records. And putting like drum right. machine beats and stuff on it, and kind of, you know, uh, collaging things together, you know, and so that kind of where mm-hmm. that technology or techno thing came from. And how'd you come across this? Uh, just a weirdo Lynchburg thing, you know, and I, I just was, I was just curious about it more and more, and decided to. Um, I thought it was. I, I really like novelty music and records. It's mm-hmm. a weird thing that I like. Um, so I just thought it'd be really cool to put out. Uh, uh, the first album by Kids Techno called Greatest Hits. It's not our Greatest Hits. Right. That's, that's the funny part. <laughs> is that it kind of sounds like it would be from a bunch of releases and there's like weird skits and stuff on there and it's just kind of a fun novelty thing to put out. Nice, nice. Uh, brought a little track of this along. Uh, this is, I think... Uh, it's called... Was it Shipping Department Under yeah, a Bus? so this is kind of... Um, Almost full circle. It's got that same kind of vibe where it's like sampling something and and making sort of electronic music, you know, collaging together. Uh, but this this is for the um, RPM challenge, which is a you make a record in February, oh, yeah, record yeah. it, release it. So Hell that yeah. was from 2015. So this is a much more new thing for this project, but it it it's sort of a more mature version of the earlier stuff. So it's got that same kind of weird feeling of novelty music, but also like a little more serious um, version of it. Nice. Well, let's hear a little bit of it and uh, be back in a few minutes. This is uh, uh, Kids Techno with Shipping Department Under a Bus. We are indeed sorry that you should have been inconvenienced by our mistake. We find that a misunderstanding in the shipping department was responsible for the error that resulted in our shipping only a part of your order. Instructions have been given to ship the remainder. I think what's What's cool about that is that to me it doesn't sound necessarily like uh, novelty music as much as it sounds uh, like soundtrack music. Yeah, so this is a little bit more serious version of that same early stuff. So the early stuff was uh, made of the same components and the same kind of things, but um, purposely bad usually. And sometimes purposely Mm. good. And, And the mixture of that early stuff was 
is this supposed to be really bad or are they really bad or is it or or is this song really good and if that person right. if this group can make this really good song why are they making this other song that's really bad versus the same this this nails record is the same exact type of approach to that same and the same kind of quality of things but made to be more serious and and like soundtracky if you want um it's definitely yeah. a different uh vibe but the same kind of material building materials same kind of approach it's it's funny because I, I've been talking to a lot of people about like the purpose of music and um you know, one of those I think what you're describing is sort of like uh um just the medium itself, not the content, the medium itself being a form of entertainment in that, you know, that idea that like, are these people any good? What what's going on here? Like that mystery around what the hell the band even is. Yeah. Uh has a lot of appeal to it, man. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of like you know, per- sometimes things are purposely broken in music, mm. uh, and it doesn't mean that it that it's supposed to be good or bad. It's just that it's not it's not done, quote unquote, correctly or the way that it, it you're supposed to do things. And that's that's usually when things cool things happen. And I'm really I, yeah. I think most people are really interested in that who make you know sort of the kind of music that Kids Techno is making. Nice. Nice. Now let's jump a little yeah. forward to uh, a new dawn fades. Okay. Now you, this, you're you're actually in this, book. right? So um, chair became a little more serious right after that early couple of records, um, because um, I found myself uh, the band that I was in was breaking up, um, which was on Batty Records and stuff, and yeah. then I joined another band and I didn't really work out, and then I decided to start my own band just as a summer project before I moved to Richmond Mm -hmm. and I needed to put some music out. So I reached for the cherub name and said, Oh, I guess I'll put it out. You know, I'll just keep putting records out. You know, that's kind of when it sort of became a thing. I think on this, on this project where originally it was just kind of a a beginning idea. And now it's becoming a a more solid idea. Um, So a new Dawn fades was me and Nathan uh, McLaughlin, who's in, um, a band called TLVS, which is uh, the late mm-hmm. Virginia Summers, and they're still banned now. And that band kind of broke off from this band about 10 years ago. Um, anyway, so this band started off as a summer project, and I was going to, when I moved to Richmond that after that summer, I was going to find new people and kind of use these songs as a, as a springboard or a demo and say, look what I can do. Let's start a new band, or let's take these songs and, right. and make it make a new version of it. Um, and instead of that happening, we just kept playing and evolving. Um, so um, the early songs kind of are similar to the shorter punk ho- hoax hunters kind of songs, but instrumental. Right. Um, right. But the but the band kind of morphed into a instrumental uh, band where we improvised our music quite of, quite often live because we didn't practice. We would just meet somewhere and we would <laughs> kind of like jazz, like where you would. You know, you know the song, but they're taking it in different directions every night, and that's yeah. kind of we were yeah, influenced he, he, by that kind of stuff and the noise scene that was going on, uh, as well yeah. as punk and you know DC and that kind of stuff. All that stuff was coming together in this one band. Um, what what time period? Was this, this would have been uh, two thousand two to two thousand eight. Okay, um, so okay. right, 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 about a year or two after the first. Of first starting uh, Cherub, and I moved to Richmond in two thousand two or three. 
Right. And now, now this is from the Jack and Play. It came out on the, it looks like the 15th release, but on the 30th release of Jared. What correct? was this? The compilation. Yeah. That you just so did? this is just, yeah, this is yeah. like picking up a couple of, um, the, which song are you going to play? Uh, the night. Okay. Birds. So that version is a demo that we did. Um, that came out, we were putting out like demos and like, um, tour singles and things like that. So some of these things came out, but some of them didn't come out. And so uh, we that was a demo version, which we really liked, which is different from the album mm-hmm. version. So I'll, it never properly came out, so I put it on this compilation. Uh, but it's, That's awesome. I don't know, probably 2004, five, when, right. when we recorded this and we were selling it as a CD single at, at shows. Nice. Let's hear it. Uh, this is uh, New Dawn Fade, See the Nightbirds. Like there's a, there's a lot of that going on with still now. There's a lot of that going it on. It wasn't at the time. Let me tell you. <laughs> really, we were like, really? yeah, we we were like the weird band that nobody was doing that kind of stuff. Now, yeah, it's like all over the place around here. Well, what I was gonna say is like in, in the post rock world and everything, there was like you know that sounds very Mogwai-ish yeah. to me. It sounds very you know. So it was out there. And none of those yeah. new bands know uh, about this. I, I'm uh, they, there's no way. <laughs> they, I, I was at those shows. I know who was there. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the cover for the uh, the compilation, and I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy in the front? It's, it's me. You, it's you. But look, look, man, as as, as somebody who also suffers from uh, hair <laughs> loss, you, you you can see it. You can see it just like hanging I out. I think like, that was right, right before I started shaving my head. That picture, yeah. like right before. <laughs> That's a pool, that picture is from a pool party where I'm recording uh, Wachovia bank robbers playing. Next to a pool, a, a literal pool. People are th- jumping into the pool and splashing the band, and they're like yelling at them, like, "We have electrical instruments. What are you doing?" <laughs> and I'm sitting there recording with a cassette four track. Um, so yeah. that 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 photo is kind of ties it all together. It's not. It almost looks like a stage photo you would use for something like that, but really is uh, an archive photo from the beginnings of the label, which is kind of why we used it for that um, compilation cover. Hey, were you were you shooting shows at this point? I was doing a lot of video stuff. I had a video okay. camera. I was interested in filming bands before I was interested in photographing them. It all right. kind of happened at the same time, uh, but I really was leaning more on the video stuff, um, uh, and I just found it to be boring because I had to sit so f- still and far farther away usually, and I wanted <laughs> to be up front, and it just seemed more exciting. Yeah, and like the videos weren't exciting to watch; they were just like. 
boring documentation of a thing that happened far away from the camera. And I want it to be yeah. front row making it make it, you know, making the photos that you've seen later that, that represents more of the energy of what was happening. But I was yeah, figuring yeah. all this out at the same time as starting cherub and playing it. This is all the same time. All this stuff is happening yeah, at the same yeah. time. That's how it works, man. You just, you, you, you start, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you can identify where your passion started for this. It might have just been music in general, but like you start with that and then you, and then you sort of, if you're doing it right, you you follow the thread wherever it goes. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you could see the documentation uh, is Mm -hmm. big, heavy thing on what I do and this, uh, the label and that photo of me recording another band for the label, you know, all this stuff and, and keeping the photos and flyers and, all this stuff kind of ties into what I do um, and and why I did other things, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so we're jumping forward a few more years. Um, kind of country-ish <laughs> shit is going on, um, and you're in this band, Graceland Grave Robbers. Yeah, so this is like 2007, That's... 8, something like that. Is Hoax, is Hoax Hunters nope. going on now? So this is the very, very so tail end of uh, New Dawn Fades. And right before I took a break from playing music, I got burned out. So um, at this time, Anudon Fates was kind of, we were on another label. We were actually playing CMJ and supposed to play South by Southwest. We were supposed to go to Canada and play Montreal Pop Festival. We were, things were starting to happen, but at the same time, they were also collapsing and not working. Um, And so like we finally got a break and put a CD out nationally the first month that CD sales were lower than digital sales. So that's just my luck, you know. I was like, well, you finally did it. Uh, and that's literally yeah. the first month that digital sales yeah. started to make more than CD sales. Oh, great. You know? Maybe this is going to work. Well, out. I just yeah. like, you know, my, my breaks were always, you know, very short-lived breaks. But um, so that that kind of stuff started. Like, we, we finally made it to a thing, and it kind of was breaking as it was happening. You know, it was falling apart. And I just got burned out on booking shows and playing shows and things like not working out. And the photo thing started to take off. So this band, Graceland Grave Robbers, was happening around the same time. And it was sort of a release. So it's like, I don't want to think about A New Dawn Fades right now because of all the just burnout I was having with that, you know, because I wanted to play music and I I love playing in that band, but all the other stuff was, was bringing me down. So this was like a fun, like, let's do this over here and maybe I'll get my juice back, you know? Uh, so it was it was started on a dare. Uh, me, Noah, Paige, mm-hmm. and um, Nick Howard know each other from Lynchburg, but we ran into to each other in a bar in Richmond, and we're like, "Hey, I haven't seen you in a few years." And and then, "Hey, that's Noah," and we were just kind of like hung hung out, and we almost started it mm-hmm. on a dare. It was like, "Hey, what? Wouldn't it be fun if?" Because uh, Noah was really into like roots and blues and stuff, like early blues. Sure, sure, like, sure. And no, and Nick plays like folk music. And he's like, wouldn't it be great if we just started a band like you know Sun Records or like early blues or something and just roots? Mm-hmm. And we we're like, let's do it. So <laughs> we kind of just decided to do it. And um, this band was also weirdly, it's got a lot of weird members attached to it because, like I said, with all the new Don Fades things happening, on top of that, um, the two of the big shows that we got booked for this band were booked by a guy who tragically passed away during that process of recording and playing those shows that he booked. In fact, the second mm. show he booked was actually his funeral. It turned out to be his funeral, 
which was the right. beginning of uh, Johnny Z Fest in Richmond, which is like a celebration of local mm-hmm. arts and stuff in, in, in his life. Um, so it, it brings up all that kind of emotion and it, it just clouds all that stuff for me. Um, so this band was very, very short lived. We played like less than 10 shows. We, we were in and out of the studio and, and the, 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 the music kind of, um, we were recording as quickly as, as quickly as we were figuring it out and writing it. So these are almost like barely existing things. And so it didn't come out for a few years. Um, but it's kind of a cool thing, you know? Where were you playing shit? We played our first show at Gallery 5 with Antelope okay. from Discord, which is now Lightbeams and some of some of those other bands. Um, oh, what's no the shit. other what's the other band yeah. he's in that's more like Antelope? Uh it's got the other guy from Antelope. I can't think of it right now. Yeah, I, I it's don't know. Of my tongue, what was but. the place on, what was the place is on Broad down by VCU? The Camel? That uh no, no, this was uh, this was before the camel. It was, uh, and actually, it wasn't on Broad. I think it was on Grace as you go further down. You mean Nancy Reagan? It was, it was like a Mex- and... Me- No, it was like a Mexican restaurant that had bands. Oh. Uh And it wasn't Bandidos. Uh, I don't know. We we definitely didn't play there. <laughs> we played it at Nonesuch <laughs> Clothing, uh, which is mm-hmm. um, not there anymore. It's it's actually a, a all night yeah a cookie place or something now, but. That's where Johnny Z worked, and it was like a vintage clothing shop slash record store thing uh, on yeah. Grace Street, just down the street from Nancy Reagan, Twisters, all that. You know, strange matter. Yeah, I because I feel like around that time, like my friend Tink, yeah, who was Tink. the drummer for My mm-hmm. War, uh, and uh, Fred Pinkard and um, Aaron and one other person were in a band, Mason yeah. Dixon Disaster, yeah, yeah. and there was this, and there's very like cool thing going on that uh launched uh in in part i think where that vibration came out of was uh what the guys in car bomb inc mm-hmm. were doing and which for people who, who don't know about car bomb inc it was this uh sort of rockabilly punk band that uh existed in in richmond and uh for example the one dude would show up outside the bird theater dressed like a chicken <laughs> And play Elvis right. songs, and and it was, and it was kind of amazing. But they're 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 secretly kind of responsible for uh, the Capital City Barn dances. Mm. Okay, you know they were doing that with David Lowry and uh, and also doing stuff with uh, Patterson and Mike Cooley from Drive By Truckers. Mm-hmm. So there there was this there there was I mean you know the old capital of the South and yeah, all yeah. that. But uh, Richmond's historically known as like a uh, at least back then was historically known as like more of a punk. Definitely city, punk metal, uh, some mm-hmm. country or something like that a little bit, but yeah, it was definitely punk and metal. So we were, this Oops. is right at the edge of Richmond flipping around and turning into what it is now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. the people who were in that scene are, are kind of responsible for running a lot of the stuff. Now we're, we're in those positions now where we're, we're not playing as much, but we're kind of running the show. A lot of thing, a lot of places are own those businesses and that kind of thing. Well, well, let's hear a track yeah. from this, and this is on the compilation as well. This is uh, the name of this is uh, Salt and Sand. This is Graceland Grave Robbers. It ain't the earth that made the crops lie grow. It's all the salt and the sand that's been hammered. 
the snake that killed your brother. It's the poisonous bite that did him in. Whoa. It ain't the earth that made the crops not grow. It's all the salt and the sand that's been hammered in. It ain't the snake that killed your brother. It's the poisonous bite that did him in. So, so, so that is uh, uh, Graceland Grave Robbers, and um, not many Graceland Grave Robbers because you guys aren't from Rona. <laughs> uh, that'd be. Have no. you been there? Many uh-uh. Graceland. Holy shit! We should, oh, we, if we, if uh, we had existed longer, maybe we could have gone there. You know. You should. You, well, if um, before before I skedaddle out of uh, this part of the country, uh, I may come down and we'll go up there. Take your camera. Yeah. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Is but it maybe anyway, like small, like miniature, or you mean like just? Oh, yes. Like- yes. So, so it's the entire side of somebody's yard that's halfway up Mill Mountain, and um, they rebuilt all these scenes from Elvis's life. Oh, I did hear about this. Yeah, and, yeah. And one of them, one of them is uh, Graceland, but one of them is actually a, a miniature replica of the Roanoke Civic yeah. Center, which is now like called the Berglund Civic <laughs> Center or something. <laughs> but it's 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 totally wild. You'd have to. Um, that's so Roanoke. Uh, Nicole and those guys in um in Eternal Summers. Yeah. You have to get with that. I guarantee you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, it rings a bell now. But, I, I've never seen it, but I I remember what you're talking about now. But uh, but yeah. So so Graceland Grave Robbers, and this is uh like you said, you you're starting to burn out a little bit. Uh, you're doing the label. You're doing bands. You're trying to figure out your stuff. And so, what lands you on? hoax hunters and and before we before we get into this i i want to say um you know having heard all this stuff and knowing you and knowing hoax hunters and knowing a lot of stuff that you love like this band is like almost pure uh distillate of of what you want to do like artistic hoax hunters is yeah yeah so yeah yeah it's kind of weird that you might hear all this other stuff and be like but i thought you liked punk rock and bob mold and like yeah, Fugazi and well, you uh, but do, all this other music doesn't sound like that. But the thing is, I right. I've, I grew up listening to all kinds of music and always been mm-hmm. interested in making different kinds of music and art. And um, the, this label has allowed me to express that in different ways, you know, with different people. Yeah. Um, so at New Dawn Fades ended in uh, April of 2008, and at that point, Graceland Grave Robbers had pretty much broken up or just broke up or, or was about to break up. So both those bands stopped. And I was like, I'm done playing for a while. Just done. 
And that's when I really picked up the camera more and started photographing and made that my thing. Um, and I had a lot more success at photography right after that because I was applying myself to that. And I used to say back then right. I was a musician who happened to take photos. And then I was like a photographer who happened to play music. So I kind of flipped it. Yeah. And uh, that, that's what I was telling people. Um, so and so for the next, uh, I don't know, four years, we were thinking about moving to North Carolina. I got married. Um, we bought a house. They just started to settle down. And then once we decided we were staying yeah. here uh, and we're not moving to North Carolina and, and the wedding and the house thing had been you know done and purchased and all that, I was like, okay, now I'm going to get back to playing music because I really want to play music again. I was tired of just photographing everybody else having fun. I wanted to you know, play music again. I, I mm-hmm. had taken enough of a, of a break, you know? So I started jamming with people around 2010, 2011. And the hoax centers kind of formed out of that. And I was jamming with people I used to play with, you know, shows and stuff, you know, that, that were still playing around. Uh, and we went through a lot of different versions of the band and you know, ideas. And like, originally everyone was going to write songs and sing. And then it became like, no one was writing songs. So I guess we we're playing my songs and then I guess I'll sing. I don't know. I'm not really a yeah. singer, you know? So all that stuff was, I was like mm-hmm. pushing myself into something new by becoming a singer and writing lyrics and stuff which I hadn't really done since I was in high school. Um, I kind of decided yeah. around 1980, uh, 1999 that I wasn't really going to write lyrics and, and sing anymore, you know? Um, and that was before I started the label. So I, I liked, I liked doing backup vocals and things like that in other bands I was in, but right, I didn't like right, right. Uh, writing. I wasn't good at writing and it didn't feel like I wanted to be a singer or anything like that. But but not only did you turn into a front man, I mean, you did like what a solo set at a hop. Yeah. So this, year? this band is kind like, of weird that it took me into this other world of like, and I, I've been again, making art and performing and doing all kinds of stuff. So like being a front person kind of made sense. Cause I was kind of a front person in some of these other bands or, or, or a second front person in, in a way, you know, and it on right. fades was a very energetic band. We would get in the crowd, you know, we would do things, but we were both like that both me and the drummer. So mm-hmm. we were both like, you know, very, you know, front man kind of person, but it wasn't a front man band, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I, and a previous band I was in, I was the, the second guitarist and backup vocalist. But again, we both, we all kind of had personalities and we would all kind of push out a little bit, you know? Uh, so yeah. this, this is the first time that really I was the center of attention and, and becoming that thing, you know? It's kind of weird that this band came so much later than the other bands. You usually would do the other way right. around, um, but that's how it works. Right. Yeah, that's, that's how it works. And I think, honestly, like, I think it took you, because um, I, like, again, what I said is, like, I hear a lot of your interests. Mm-hmm. Like, just even from, like, being a photographer, you know how to present this stuff. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I got a lot of lessons. And, and. Yeah, and and that and a lot. I don't know if people think about that too often, but uh, you know, just because you do one thing, so say people know you as PJ the photographer. Well, there's a lot of like building a narrative that is exactly the same as building a narrative in a song mm-hmm. that goes into taking a good photograph. You just have to do it a lot fucking quicker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just have to. Yeah, especially if you're out in a live setting. Um, and and it it lands in this and like. Every time I've heard this, it's it's like uh, personally, I wondered like why Hoax Hunters necessarily didn't get as 
bigger than it did because it has like it, it all the ingredients are there, mm-hmm. right? And it's not um, it's like just edgy enough, yeah. but it's not pop, right? It's 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 just goddamn well written. We try songs. to we try to make it sweet enough with an edge that you know. So like yeah. if you like some of that stuff on one end or the other end, you might meet us in the middle, you know. Whereas some songs might be yeah. really sweet and some songs might be really aggressive. Most of it's right in the middle there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to play a song, and this is off of uh, your the, your new and uh, last EP before the break, Dormant. Uh, tell me a little bit about Teenage Message. So Teenage Message is a song about sort of communicating with uh, potential alien life, as nerdy as that sounds. <laughs> um, there is a thing called the Teenage Message, T-A-M, if you look it mm-hmm. up. Um, so this is about that and some other versions of scientists that actually tried to communicate or send direct signals to clusters that we recognize as higher probability of being life, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then sort of thinking about that idea of um, one version in, in in Russia that they let the kids pick um, the content. You know, we know about the golden record, you know, with all the different uh, right, things on right. it and stuff. Uh, so this is similar to those kind of things where, Instead of sending a satellite out with the golden record, we're sending signals out, you know, like radio waves and whatever. So yeah. uh, the Russian version, they let the kids pick and they picked the theremin concert, which is really unique and, and interesting sounding, right? Yeah. Um, as well as other stuff, you know. Um, and then the one in uh, that they launched out of uh, Puerto Rico, the big satellite there, which um, they were sending out uh, a Kribo, I think it's called a Kribo. And it's like a right, right, right. So some scientists were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't do that, man! If they if they get this message, they're going to be way more advanced than us, and they're <laughs> going to just basically get here faster and destroy us. We're not ready. Don't send that signal." And the other scientists are right. like, "Dude, we've been sending stuff since I Love Lucy. They they've already they're they're going to get I Love Lucy because back then we were broadcasting through radio waves and and stuff. So mm-hmm. all that stuff just goes out into space and just keeps going." So all of that early radio and, and TV is just directly going out into space forever. There. So that stuff's going to get there before anything else we send. It's already out there. There's, we can't stop that. It's it's done. Yeah. So he's like, it doesn't matter. Also, by by the time we shoot this message to that cluster, the cluster is going to be gone. It's a million. Or by the time they get it, we're going to be gone. It's where it's like a million light years. You know, it's like guys, just calm yeah, down. Yeah. But it's just this interesting yeah, yeah. like dialogue, and I just thought that was really cool. It's like thinking about like all of that different stuff and what it means, and what it boils down to is that uh, most people agree that um, if there is a tel- intelligent life, that they are they they we don't need to teach them about you know math and all that stuff. They they're going to be advanced or or more advanced. They don't know anything about our culture and why we do mm-hmm. things and, and that sort of thing. So the interesting thing to tell them about is culture because that's the only thing that's unique mm-hmm. about us and our planet it, 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 yeah. as well as yeah. them, you know? So I, all, all that in a three minute and 33 seconds. Yeah. Song. So, so it's a, it's kind of a weird l- thing. L- let's, let's hear a little bit of teenage message.
right, teenage message. Uh, as we say with a lot of our friends who make music down here, uh, and and some people shy away from it, but I'm telling you, kids, it's money. If you can get something like that synced, please, on a CW show, <laughs> you are you are right there. Like all you have to do is like, dude, this is already about aliens. Put me in a action scene in an alien show, and it's fucking set. I'm ready. Please uh, help me great. do that. Somebody out there, <laughs> yes. I am ready to talk uh, to we you. We will. We will. We're broadcasting it right now. That people <laughs> be like, somebody, talk to PJ. Get his music on a show. Um, I hear something in that song that I haven't heard on past Tokes Hunters uh, records, and that's our mind. Yeah. So we. We the best part of that song is we had our friend Trina Sturton from Canada on the track and she slays on harmonica. And our for our last show, she actually got her visa and was able to come down and performed with us, which was amazing. We have a video online of that. Um, yeah. She used to be in a band called Plum Tree back in the day, and their claim to fame is um, it's an amazing story. I won't tell it all here, but um, they wrote a song called um, Scott Pilgrim, and the the guy mm-hmm. who Became, wrote the comic book or whatever the the comic based on that you know was at their show obviously and and became a movie and uh, some of their friends are in the movie and their songs on the soundtrack for that movie Scott Pilgrim oh yeah. no shit so that was her claim to fame in the nineties but now she's like this killer harmonica player and blues guitar player and like heavy blues um, really funny and like psychedelic right um, she's amazing she just opened for M Ward and Foo Fighters in Canada. And then she came down and played with oh, wow. us. So, wow. you know, <laughs> yeah, we have good friends. Yeah, she keep, she, she keep, yeah she keeps good company. Um, so you you did let's see how many I know there was like the one full length. Uh, there's this EP. How many records total? It's kind on? of like two and a half or something. This is supposed to be the yin okay. and yang. So dormant was going to have like. Four five or six songs and then clickbait was going to have five or six songs and then together they were an album. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of all broken up in pieces. So it's kind of like two, two and a half records. Depends on how you count it. I don't know. I I don't feel like you need to um, worry about making a record per se. Just put out the music that makes sense. And to me, the clickbait made sense together and these songs made sense together. And we have other songs that didn't make sense together, you know, Uh, as far as like individual, like themed releases. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned that 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 the show in Philly was you guys' last show for mm-hmm. now. So, uh, we've talked a little bit about this, and then we started this chat, sort of talking about you know taking breaks and all that. What, like, after all these years doing this, you know, you just put out the thirtieth compilation of uh, or the thirtieth release of Cherub, seventeen years, a bunch of bands, music. Um, you're like why why step away from it, it right now? just feels right i don't know uh, yeah. it felt right to take a break at the various parts we talked about earlier and it feels right now um it just i don't know where else to take the band at the moment and right. kind of want to let people catch up if they want to catch up if they don't then they don't um, and also those guys are doing other projects. Um, we're not burnt out. We like each other a lot. We, we have a great time. Um, and we have other songs and we enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. None, none, none of these are problems. It's just felt like it yeah. needed to be rested for a while. Um, and I have, a, yeah. I have other things. I'm always doing other projects and I kind of, I think just like when I did great St. Gray robbers and just like when I did more photo stuff or less photo stuff or whatever, 
it, I'm in this weird space where I need to do something different right now. Um, and I kind of have a few yeah. ideas that I'm going to explore. Um, who knows? I, I really don't know what's going to, if it's going to come back or not, but, um, I mean, if we get a lot of people asking I, about it, it's more likely to come back. I think that's a good way to, to, to land the <laughs> ship. Uh, thanks for taking time. We finally got it. Yeah. Done thank you this so time. much, man. Um, I, I'm the audience. I'll talk to PJ on G chat tomorrow morning. So I'll talk to him before you do, but uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, what you're going to do. Next. Thanks. Well, and, you know, uh, tell people should tweet at me what they want to see or hear. Oh, tweet at me. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, what's your handle it's here? It's simple. It's PJ Sykes. Okay. At yep. PJ Sykes. Hit it, Hit it up. up. Kids. Uh, I want to, I want to hear some uh, suggestion. All right, man. Thanks, yeah, man. Dude. Thanks again. Big thanks to PJ Sykes for doing that episode not once, but twice. Um, love that dude, and uh, I can't wait to see what he's going to be doing next. I know um, right now he's focused on the political stuff. Uh, again, reach out to him, follow him on Twitter, and you can see everything about that, especially especially if you are in Virginia. This is so important that you uh, engage, not just in, in this upturn, upcoming uh, midterm election, but uh, ask PJ for information because he has it, and if not, he'll, he'll get information to you. Um, this is sort of a, a passion project to his, and and it's important. It's real important. But uh, he'll have out there, I believe Cherub Records uh, is going to go on and uh, do whatever it's going to do. We'll keep you informed of any new releases on that. I'm going to see if he has a playlist of all the songs we played uh, on this podcast or parts of songs we played in this podcast and more. I think he does. Uh, it's all up on Bandcamp. Uh, it's uh, it's out there. Links in the show notes, man. Uh, most importantly, though, uh, like I said, reach out to him. Uh, it is uh, he, besides being a strong advocate of the arts, of of politics, or just being good. He's he's a great human, and uh, and I'm saying you should probably be friends with him, and he'd love to be friends with you. That's that's what I'm saying. That's that's who PJ is. Uh, we need more of him like that out in the world. Uh, at least that is my humble opinion. With that, we are out of here. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a radio message there. Uh, that's Apple Podcasts now. Uh, you can also listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, if we're talking about an album, uh, you can bet it's on Spotify, and then you can basically listen to the album and listen to us talk about it all in one place. If you're not if you're not the Apple Music type of person, I am. So for me, it's yeah, it's whatever. It's, it's all integrated and all that. Also, you can support us uh, with your money. On Patreon right now, uh, I'm going to say uh, that you should not actually. You should find the candidates in your area and support them. But if you do, uh, I, right now our our stuff is going to go to the Spanberger campaign or the Beto campaign for in uh, Beto O'Rourke in Texas. Uh, so if you go there, you like what you heard, you want to support us, you give us a few bucks. Usually that used to go to beer, snacks, and uh, cat toys. Uh, now it's going to go to saving the fucking world. So so do that. If you feel that that's what you should do, but really, you can just... Why would you do that? You can just donate to your candidates. Come on, do it. Uh, we will be back in a few short days. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to be talking about Huey Lewis in the news. That's in the can. We're not sure when we're letting that one out. Uh, or we're going to be talking about morphine. 
Uh, that's not in the can, because that's what we were supposed to do this weekend before this fucking flood. Uh, but uh, we'll be back, that's my point. We'll always be back, until we're not. Um, so get out and see some live music this week, kids. Uh, hopefully we'll see you out there. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>